today, Bird. Thank you so much, Allie. And welcome, everyone, to another episode of Go Call Your Sister. We're so glad you're here. It is a bright and beautiful sunny day in San Diego. What's it like in Nashville today? In Nashville, it's stunning. I've been outside all day. It's like 75 and sunny and I cannot be happier. I'm just like having the best day of my life. (laughs) I know. It's so crazy how my mood is so dependent on the weather because the last like, I'm not even kidding, weeks since moving to San Diego. I feel like I've been bamboozled. Like everyone said, move to Southern California. It's so beautiful. It's like Hawaii. And that is true. But then as soon as I moved, it was like pouring rain and cloudy every day. Oh, yeah. No, my mood is so dependent on the weather. Like Friday, it was rainy and I just wanted to die. I'm like, this is not okay. Yeah, it's also crazy how much nicer I am when it's sunny. Like (laughs) I will let things slide. I don't care. I'm laid back. I'm outside. But when it's rainy, I just feel like I'm like such a bad mood. My personality changes completely with the weather. Yeah, that's why it's like super critical. I live somewhere with sunny weather. Like, majority of the time. Yeah. Honestly, like, Nashville is pretty nice the majority of the time, except from, like, November to, like, really the end of March. But other than that, like, I mean, it's it's perfect in the spring and the fall and the summer is a little bit hot, but it's sunny most of the time. Yeah. So, celebrating beautiful weather today. How have you been, Allie? What's your week been like? Good. I've actually had a really good week. I, um, I, I guess we can start with our highs. Yeah, since we have our joyous moment of the week is our new segment, let's just recap our week and then we'll do our joyous moment. We'll talk about what we're excited about. I had a big weekend. I went to the John Mayer concert on Friday night and it was amazing. My friend um, got floor seats and it was just an incredible concert. It's definitely my joyous moment of the week, so I'll talk more about it. But we did that. And then um, I had another 3 a.m. Friday night, which I was not intending to do. And I paid for it viciously on Saturday. Wow. You've really been living it up. You're like single party girl (laughs) running the town out till 3 a.m. It's like not like you at all. I know. I, I need to not do that next weekend, I think, because I felt so horrible all day yesterday. And like, it wasn't that I just felt physically ill, but I don't know. It, the worst part about hangovers for me is just like the haziness. Like, I feel like I'm not there, you know? I've been fighting a pretty gnarly cold all week, and I felt that just like in everyday life. So that is the worst feeling, like just feeling out of it and feeling like sluggish. I hate yeah. that. It was horrible. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was worth it. It was really fun. And then I had a birthday party yesterday for my friend um, Mario, and it was a Mario Kart-themed party. Um, so I was able to get myself together for that. It was fun. That's such a cute birthday party theme. I know. It was so fun. Like, people were dressed up as the characters, and he had, like, all the, the decorate – or all the – the racetrack deco and all the stuff like that. So it was really cute. And then, yeah, today I got up, I went to church, I went on a long walk, and then I went and sat in the park um, right by my house and finished a book. And yeah, it was just a lovely week. I um, yeah, got dinner with friends on Thursday night. And yeah, I just like have never appreciated my friendships more, I think, than right now. Um, very, very grateful for all my friends and just like all the time that we've had together lately. It's been really, it's been really soul filling. That's awesome. I'm literally having to scroll through my camera roll to figure out what I did this week because I've literally been in such a haze, like feeling so ill. 
I feel like I haven't honestly done a lot. I was just like chilling all week, trying to like lay low and and rest and kind of just get myself back to feeling well because when I'm sick, I'm super irritable and I'm like not a good sick person. So I really just chilled this week. But towards the end of the week, I started doing more fun things like on Friday, Perry and I woke up and it was sunny. We went on a really fun hot girl walk. We found a really cute coffee shop in San Diego called Love Song Coffee. And it was just like pink and outside. And it was so cute. I cannot wait to take you and mom when you guys come back. And then we went like on a walk and we had a really fun sunset. And then me and Kynan like kind of chilled all weekend. We went to a farmer's market. One thing that I do love is farmer's markets. And I'm so happy I live in a place where like there are a lot of farmer's markets because there's a farmer's market like every single day in San Diego. Yeah, I love that. I'm excited to come back to San Diego and be a tourist because I feel like the last trip I was just so like dead and sick and sad. And we were helping you with a lot of like moving stuff. So we got to see like a lot of Costco's and Target's. So I'm excited to come back and you know, fully do the whole tourist thing. Yeah, because Kynan like did a good job at the farmer's market, but he's like not my ideal farmer's market partner like you or mom (laughs) would be. Like we like to look at every booth. We like to look at all the things. Like Kynan was asking me like, oh, why do you love farmer's market so much? And I'm like, it's just the feeling, like the overall vibe. Like I'm at farmer's market. It's so wholesome. Like there's families, there's dogs. I want to look at what you grew. I want to look at what you made. I'm proud of your tent. Like just the vibe of farmer's market. I, I love it. So I'm going to try to visit like all the farmer's markets before you come back so I can figure out like what the best ones are. But the one yesterday, it was on Saturday in Little Italy. That was really good. Yeah. I'm going to need you to um, figure out the best one before I get there. Um, but yeah, this has been a really like overall happy week for me. I did have a couple of like sad moments, but for the most part, it's been like a really great week. And I've loved the feedback from last week's episode. Yeah, if you guys didn't listen to last week's episode, Allie has been going through a little bit of a breakup, or not a little bit, you've been going through a breakup, like straight up, and that's what our episode was about last week. I've heard good feedback on it too, people who are kind of going through similar situations, so I'm glad that that was really well received. Yeah, I really appreciate everyone that texted me and DM'd about how much they enjoyed it and appreciated my honesty, and um, yeah, I think it's an episode that I'm proud of. So I'm glad that people liked it. Definitely. So what have you been loving and leaving this week, this beautiful week? Um, Okay. So this week, I'm going to start with my leave. I am officially leaving the pistachio latte behind. If you guys are regular listeners, you know Allie just raves about the pistachio latte. But we had this conversation. We said the only way to get over something that you're obsessed with is to like eat it and drink it enough times that you're sick of it. Yeah, and so I definitely did that. I went yesterday and um, after I got out of my hungover state and ordered one from Starbucks, and I took a sip of it, and I was like, mm, I think it's over for me. I'm done. Um, which honestly like made me start thinking like, I feel like I'm like that with a lot of things in life. Like I love things really, really hard. And then I'm like, eh, I'm done. I'm good. So I'm like, maybe I need to unpack that in therapy a little bit. Yeah. That definitely sounds like something you could, you could talk about with Trish because I don't know if that's like super great. <laughs> I know. But I do think it's important to love things hard, but maybe I could just like spread out the intensity a little bit so I don't like not want to ever see them or think about them or drink them again. (laughs) Yeah, like with the pistachio latte, that's fine. But like, you know, deeper things, that would be a little, yeah, a little scary. 
yeah, I started thinking about that and I'm like, hmm, maybe we need to unpack this a little bit. Yeah, I haven't quite gotten over my Starbucks obsession yet, which is the brown sugar oat milk shake and espresso with cinnamon cold foam. I literally like I came and function throughout the day if I don't have one. Cinnamon cold foam makes me laugh so hard for some reason. Why? It's so good. I don't know. It just sounds so ridiculous. Like, oh, can I get the cinnamon cold foam? <laughs> Except for the other day, I went to a Starbucks like by Kynan's house and I did the mobile order. And when I went to go grab it, I noticed there was no cold foam on it. And I was like, hey, so sorry. Um, I think this is missing the cinnamon cold foam. And I was like, I, I hate to ask, but it's like my favorite part of the drink. And the lady was like, oh, one second. And then she hands me an iced latte cup full of only cold foam. She goes, here you go. Here's extra. So you can just pour it in. I'm like, that's really nice. But then I was driving, trying to pour the cold foam into my latte and I slam my brakes. I squeeze the cup. Cold foam goes all over me, all over my car. Everything is so sticky. And yeah, it was just a, like an unfortunate situation. And I thought that would be it for me. Like, okay, I've had this disaster with the cold foam. I'm over it, but it didn't. You just sound like such an asshole being like, um, I'm sorry, can I get some cinnamon cold foam? I know. And like being a barista, like I'm aware when people sound like living in Hawaii, being a barista, people would ask me the craziest shit. They'd be like, can I have a lavender steamer? And I'd like have to go to the back and be like, look up on Google, like, what's a lavender steamer? Because like, <laughs> let me just say when I was a barista, I had zero qualifications. I lied the entire interview. I didn't even drink coffee when I applied to work there. And so like the whole time it was just me like making it work, like looking in the back, like what's a caramel macchiato? Like I didn't know anything. Um, wait, what, I, what actually is cold foam now that you're such an expert? I literally, it's just like blended up like foam and they blend it with ice. That's what I'm gathering. But I don't know. Like in my barista like career, I didn't really ever work with cold foam. So it's not one of your um, mediums. Yeah. And I was just telling Kyan this other day when we were at the farmer's market, like there was all of these, you know, coffee food trucks and every single truck was like really behind. Like they didn't have enough workers. And I was like, I just feel like my barista skills are like really not being put to good use. Like I have all these, this knowledge and skill and like these people need help. So maybe I should get like a part-time job at the farmer's market. Maybe you should jump in. You combine your love for farmer's markets with your skills for baristaing. Yeah. Yeah. But all that to say, I'm open to new coffee orders. So if you have a really amazing drink that I should try, let me know. Bird, I'll give yours a shot and report back what I think of the cinnamon cold foam. Yeah. Um, let me know what you think. But I'm, I'm hoping I come to that point soon because I'm just spending like ungodly amounts of money in the Starbucks app because I'm like feeding this horrible addiction. Like it's terrible. I haven't been spending this much money since I like vaped. Like I'm spending a lot of money on this. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, I know. I was kind of like sad to be over it when it hit me that I was done with it, but then also happy because I could stop dropping a hundred bucks on Starbucks every week. Yeah, totally. Well, what are you loving this week? Um, okay, loving. Um, I finished a book that I really loved. I really just wanted a light, fun read. And I read Book Lovers and highly recommend it. It was super um, just cute, fun, romantic um, story, easy to get through. Um, that's kind of like where I'm at in life with a lot of things. It's like I just want like really easy, light um, storylines, whether it's a, a book, a show, just like life in general. 
So any coffee orders or books that I need to read next, let me know. I actually just read a book myself that I was obsessed with. I read it in two nights and you guys know I'm a Colin Hoover fan. And um, I just feel like Colin Hoover gets a little bit of hate. Like people on TikTok are like, you're not a real reader if you're reading Colin Hoover. Who the hell cares? Like at least we're reading books and Colleen's work really does give me a lot of joy because it's just so easy. It's like every yeah. single book she writes follows a, ver- except for Verity, they follow like a very similar, you know, there was like a love interest, something in the middle kind of crazy happens. It gets resolved. Like they end up happy. Like that's almost like the form of every single book. But I yeah. read a really good one that mom actually mailed me called Heart Bones by Colleen Hoover. And I feel like it's not in her like, you know, top three or four, like everyone talks about, like, you know, it ends with us, Verity, November night. Like it's not one of those, but Heartbones, it was really, really good. It was like just a very cute, you know, read. I read it really quickly and I love it. I love reading books, you know, because we went through that phase where me and you were only reading self-help books and I started to think that I hated reading. Right. Dad kept mailing me like uh, Dave Ramsey books and and I just... (laughs) was only reading like financial piece. Yeah. So reading Colleen Hoover gives me a lot of joy and you guys should read Heartbones because um, that was a really good one. Yeah. I, the only Colleen Hoover books I've read are Verity, which I read in a literal day. And um, what's the one about the domestic abuse that's being made into the us. It ends with us and it, it begins with that. I love those books. I am a little iffy about the casting for the movie, though. Like, I don't think that Blake Lively needs to play this, like, weak character. I know. But, like, honestly, you can put Blake Lively in any – you could put Blake Lively in, like, you know, The Kissing Booth or any of those, like, horrible failed movies. And it would be a top top chart movie because it's Blake Lively. I agree. I just think that she always plays these, like, really strong female leads. And I just, like, that character to me is just not that – so I'm interested to see how it turns out. Maybe she wants like challenge herself as an actress and take on like a different, you know, role. Why don't Why don't I just call her up real quick and ask? Why don't you just call Taylor up? <laughs> um, yeah. Wait, it's Taylor. Oh. Allie, that's a TikTok sound. Oh, I haven't it's, been on TikTok in months. It's Kris Jenner and like she was talking about something she has here's an idea. Why don't you just call Taylor up? And it's like a, it's like a trending sound. And people would be like, when I tell my mom that like, you know, I won't, I don't know. It's really hard to explain. You just need to get on TikTok. I, that's like such a pet peeve of mine when people don't know TikTok trending audios because it, sorry, it sounds I'm so familiar. weird. Like if you interject a TikTok trending audio in the middle of a combo and people aren't familiar, it just sounds so weird. <laughs> um wait another thing that's weird to me about tiktok is this like trending tiktok boy hairstyle i hate it so much like the teenage boys that have like this flat hair that grows like straight in front of them like really long (laughs) and the sides are short it's so ugly have you seen it honestly no i don't even i don't know what you're talking about if you google tiktok are you talking about like e-boys like e-boys what is an e-boy? Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I cannot keep having this conversation with you. I don't know what side of TikTok you're on. Like, I know there's like e-boy hair, but that's like two years ago. No, this is like flat top hair that grows out really long and like flips up in the front. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's so bad. Okay. Well, why don't you get to scrolling a little bit and get caught up on the times and then we can talk about tr- TikTok training audios um, next oh, week. Oh my God. <laughs> Another thing I'm loving 
Um, I started doing Lacey Phillips um, membership again, and I'm loving it. She is honestly the person that got me into the whole like manifesting, um, just kind of that world. Um, She is incredible. She really breaks it down and she talks about how manifesting all comes down to like your worth and like really stepping into your worth and power in all these different categories or these different. um, So it's a, it's a monthly membership and she has all of these different courses, like finding your worth in love and money um, and then like up leveling and it's just really, really cool. And I, I love how she breaks it down and makes it really like easy to understand. And her membership is only like 25, 30 bucks a month and you get access to like all of this material. And I've been doing that and I've really been loving it. Yeah. I remember when you first introduced me to Lacey Phillips work, that was kind of the first time I had ever heard of manif- That was the first time I had ever heard a manifestation in my life. And I remember thinking it was like the craziest thing. I was like a sophomore in college and like no one was talking about it and I remember she shared the story about how she manifested like her perfect boyfriend and I remember thinking like I remember sitting in the hair salon trying to explain to people that like I had heard about what manifestation was and no one understood like they thought it was like witchcraft I mean it was a long time ago I think I was probably like 23 24 it was definitely before it was like a viral thing that people talked about but what I liked about Lacey is she's really good at like the introductory phase and like really explaining it to you. And then um, I do think it's important to like revisit every couple of years because I hadn't been doing her. I, I wasn't a member for like a couple of years. And now that I'm going back, I just have like a deeper understanding of it. And, you know, I think it's, it's just really, it's interesting to see. And I, I really like her. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'm trying to think of what I've been really loving. I know that like I'm kind of late to the game, but I started, I finished Daisy Jones and the Six, or I didn't finish it, but I like resumed watching it after you and mom left and we started it together. I'm saving the final episode for tonight. Yeah, I have watched, like, I think I'm on like episode six or seven, so I'm close to the end, but I started rewatching it when I was sick this week and I really loved it when we watched it together, but I just like got so into it. I could not stop watching it. I was literally like being so weird. I was at Kyan's house, like sitting alone in a corner watching it. Like, cause he, <laughs> so he can't good. get in on it. Like I'm too far in, you know, the only thing I'm like kind of bothered by is that the main character guy, Billy Dunn, yeah. the actor that plays him. So you know that movie, I think it's called like what all of me where he's in the wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, cannot get past that movie when I watch him in Daisy Jones and the really? Six. Like, he's just, like, cringe to me. Like, I just – I feel like it wasn't casted super well, like, in his character because what I feel like he should be is, like, kind of like a rocker, like, Southern California, like, rocker kind of boy, even though, like, I know that they're from Pittsburgh. But I just feel like he gives me, like, dad energy. Like, he doesn't give me, like, Yeah, I think he's energy. honestly, like, too old for the role. Like, sometimes his facial expressions are just, like, really cringe, and it's hard to watch. That would be hard to be an actor and, like, have people associate you with, like, one role that you've played. Yeah, like, the guy that plays Draco Malfoy can't go anywhere. People think he's evil, like. (laughs) Oh, I'm like that with Snape, too, speaking of Harry Potter. You know, he was in, like, Love Actually, but all I can Yeah, and it's like, what are you doing in this movie? You're Snape. Get out. Like, (laughs) what are you doing? But, um... Yeah, I just got really into it. And I think it's really cool that the main character girl, I'm so bad at names, Riley Keo. Keo 
is Elvis Presley's granddaughter. That's really cool. Yeah, I know. It's really cool. I actually don't know if that's how you say her name either. I was just winging it. So I think it's like Riley Keough or something. Yeah, the cast is really good. And I think it's overall a good movie, except for like the little cringiness I get from the dude. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a good show. I've been really into that. I think I've been loving it this week. I am thinking I'm going to finish it tonight. I've been also saving it like because I, I hate binge watching. So I get so sad when it's over. I know. Um, I, I am glad they released like two or three episodes at a time though. So you like couldn't binge it. But I'm also um, I started Ted Lasso season three, another light and funny and easy storyline. Um, and I like how they I don't know. It's kind of annoying. They only drop one episode a week because Yesterday, I wanted to like lay in bed and watch Ted Lasso all day. Yeah. Yeah. Something that just saves so I can like binge it once it's all out. But um, yeah, I've been loving that. Daisy Jones and the Six. It's on Amazon Prime. So it's like very easy for pretty much anyone to watch. If you guys haven't seen that, it's a good one. Um, And what I've been leaving behind, let me think. I don't know if this is really a leave, but I have just been like having this kind of I would say like lower energy lately. Like I've been talking about this with Allie, but moving here and adjusting, especially like in my relationship, like being from going from long distance to living in the same place. Like I think I've mentioned this a couple of times in the last few episodes, but like having to adjust to like a different kind of relationship on top of working, trying to make friends. Like I just feel like I've been juggling a lot of stuff, like trying to make room for every single thing. And every week I keep saying like, I'm going to be more chill. I want to be more calm. But last week I got sick. So it was kind of hard to like do anything. So I feel like this week I'm just going to try to like leave behind feeling like I have to juggle everything and just kind of like letting things flow because it's kind of like a heavy weight to carry when you feel like you're like juggling, you know, 50 different things. And trying to find time for all of them, you know? Like, what do you sense. mean? Like, how does this show up in your relationship? Well, like, living in a new place, I'm trying to make friends. I'm trying to work. And then I'm trying to find, like, a good balance. And I don't know. I'm curious. Like, have any of you guys listened to this ever gone from being, like, long distance to living in the same place and gone through, like, an adjustment period? Because people kept telling me, like, oh, it's going to be such an adjustment. Really, never. I've only had long distance relationships. Okay. Well, I'm asking the listeners. I just, I'm just wondering like if it, cause everyone kept telling me like, oh, it's going to be an adjustment. Like it's going to be adjustment. I, I was like, ha ha. Yeah. It's going to be an adjustment. And then I got here and now I'm in the part where it's the adjustment. And I'm like, uh-huh. because it's like, it's weird because like every time I have previously been in San Diego, it's been to visit kind of, and we spend like every minute that I'm here together. And so it's hard to find that balance of like, okay, when should we be together? When should I be with friends? When should I be by myself? And I feel yeah. like I like don't have enough hours in the day. Yeah, I know. Time is like such a weird thing too. Like as you get older, you're like, wait, I just worked all day. Like where did my day go? Literally. I'm just like, wow. And just having, you know, because I've always been like such a girl's girl and I like, just, like such a good, like I love friends so much. And that's why I think long distance relationships have always kind of worked for me because mm-hmm. I don't have to choose. You know, I get to like be when my, I'm with my boyfriend, I'm with him the whole time. And when, and when I'm not, I get to be with my friends and do whatever I want. And so now like being in the same city where I have both, like, you know, I obviously live with my best friend. I love my roommates. I'm trying to make more friends. And then I also have Kynan who I love too. And having to like balance the two on top of like work and then being by myself and like working out and stuff like that. It's just like a lot to try to balance and find routine. Yeah, totally. Um, I don't know the feeling, but I can imagine it's tough. I also like yeah. wonder what that says about me too, that I've only attracted long distance relationships into my life. 
Well, I talked about this with my therapist last week because I was, I made the like revelation, re- wait, what, revolution, revelation. Yeah. Revolution. I made the revelation. I made the revelation that maybe the reason I've always had long distance relationships is because I can like, you know, pour a hundred percent energy into it when we're together and then we're not, I can just do whatever I want. I don't have to like ever find that balance. Viv and I were talking yesterday actually about, she also, my roommate and best friend Vivian, she um, has a long distance or she's in a long distance relationship too. And it is weird because like you get so used to like doing things on your own and like your own routine and your own life. And like, that would be really hard for someone to come into it, you know, like, I mean, we've been living as adults on our own, you know, for eight years now, seven years now. So, like, for someone to just, like, show up in my day-to-day, like, that would be (laughs) honestly shocking. I know. Like, literally this week I was sick and Kaiden comes over with, like, soup and ice cream and a bath bomb. And I was like, what are you doing here? Like, Like, bye. Yeah. It's like, and it's also, like, how do you know, like, what's too much time? together and what's like not enough I don't know so yeah if you've ever like been through a similar situation like this please dm us on instagram I'd like to hear your your take on it and kind of like what you did to find that balance because I know it's definitely achievable like majority of people do live in the same city as their boyfriends like we're the minority doing long distance but like how do you find the balance my boyfriend in college my junior and senior year lived like all around the world you know, like we were never in the same place because he was a tennis player and he traveled like every week. Yeah. My boyfriend in college was so shitty, but he also was long distance. Like <laughs> the first like kind of year we dated, we both at Ole Miss, but it was like, I would not say a healthy, good relationship. And then like the rest of it, he was traveling around. <laughs> I don't know. I've never done it like in a good, healthy way. My therapist was like, this is maybe a challenge for you. Like you, you know, have to find the balance and have a healthy relationship. And like, and I'm like, no, it's too hard. He's like, oh my God, like you just got there. Like just yeah, write it out. Really. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to try to leave behind like that kind of like juggling act mentality. Like I don't have enough time in the day and I need to go re-listen to our episode with Cassie about time management. I think that would be beneficial for me. So maybe I'll go on a walk and listen to that after this. But yeah, I'm going to try to leave behind just that feeling of not having enough time. I think it's that doer inside of you too. It's like, okay, got to make friends, got to do this, got to like do that, got to spend time with Kynan, got to like make myself, you know, feel like home. Like it's a lot of like to do's that you're trying to check off. Yeah, totally. So keep you guys updated. I think we're doing another relationship type episode sometime soon. We just booked some amazing guests this week for a couple different yeah. topics. So maybe that can be something we can discuss as well. Yeah. I mean, that person doesn't know what's going to hit her when she comes on because I've got a lot of things. I know. <laughs> Anyways. Um, well, those are our loves and leaves for the week. Now we will move into our Favorite new segment sponsored by Joyous Non-Alcoholic Wine. This is our Joyous Moment of the Week. I know you guys have heard us talk about Joyous tons of times on the podcast before they were a sponsor, which is so incredible. We've been seeing you guys share your Joyous, even ordering with our discount code, which is SISTERS, all caps, to get you 10% off. I've been loving you guys sharing your Joyous orders and how much you guys have been enjoying it. It's literally my favorite thing. I honestly prefer drinking joyous. I'm not even going to lie opposed to regular champagne. It's just like 
you get to be a part of the celebration. You get to have be a part of the fun. The taste is incredible, but you just don't have the negative side effects of drinking, like being hungover and feeling hazy, oh, as we were describing. Absolutely. Like yesterday when I was laying in bed, I actually did order some Joyous because I was like, no more. I can't feel like this again. Yeah, it's just honestly all the fun without the negative side effects. Joyous is for people who are trying to not drink for a day a week, a lifetime. It's for everyone out there. And like we said, you can try it with our code SISTERS, all caps, for 10% off. We'll put that link and code in our show notes. I think it's healthy to take a little break too. Like even if it's just like a little mini break to like two weeks, just a little detox. Yeah. Honestly, like gets your sleep regulated. You start feeling so good. You start noticing like changes in your skin. I love it. But yeah, this is our new segment, which is our joyous moment of the week. So Allie, why don't you share your joyous moment of the week? I know you already kind of mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Um, Mine was definitely the John Mayer concert here in Nashville on Friday night. It was very last minute. Like I wasn't even planning to go until like literally the day before. And we had the most amazing seats. We were on the floor and it was an all acoustic show, which I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, but it was amazing. Like, He's so talented, and honestly, he's gotten way hotter with age, too. Like, he looks really good. Um, And he brought out Sheryl Crow, and they sang Strong Enough, which I love that song. It has never resonated more with me than it does now. But it was just such a good show, and it was so much fun. It's it's kind of fun to go out on Broadway like every every now and then. Like Broadway is this big you know street in Nashville with all the honky tonks and bars, and it's pretty obnoxious. But every once in a while, it's fun to go down and do a big. Yeah, that's really fun. I went to Broadway before I flew to Brazil in January and had a really good time. Um, and it's fun to do things that are different. I would love to see a John Mayer show. I would. I think I would like cry. God, it was so good. And he has so many like hits, like one after the next. You're like, oh, wow, I totally forgot about this one, but I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, he's honestly amazing. I think my joyous moment of the week would have been Friday because I just had like such a joyous day overall when I went with Perry. We found that new coffee shop. I love finding new places here that I love. But I went to the beach near my house here by myself and read for a little bit and did some journaling. And like I've been describing, kind of having that hard time balancing just like relationships and also like spending time alone. It was really good for me to be alone. And I haven't journaled in a really long time. I kind of talked about how I'm not the biggest journaler, but I really want to try to be better at it because just like sitting alone and reading my book and writing down my thoughts, it was really peaceful and very calming and just really enjoyed it. Being in the sun, being at the beach, just stuff that makes me happy. So I would say like, you know, the point of the joyous moment of the week doesn't have to be like something big, but that was just like a little moment in time where I just felt like very joyous. Yeah. I love that. I mean, mine last week wasn't a big moment. And yeah, it's just good to spend some time by myself. So that's something I'm going to be kind of trying this week to be better at is just taking more time to journal because I really do love reading past journal entries and I get like sad when I don't do it. So I know I actually did that the other night. I got in bed and I like, I keep all my journals. I'm obsessed with the papier journals. I order them online. Um, They're so cute if you've never heard of them before. But I have them like dating back to like three, four years ago. And I was reading one that I like was journaling in during COVID. And it's just so crazy to read back like all the things. And um, it's like you kind of get like an inside look on yourself that you might have forgotten about. 
I know. It's so fun. It's like you're the main character of this story that happened so long ago. That's also why I love doing YouTube. I always tell people, I'm like, do YouTube videos. I had a really awesome um, podcast interview this week with one of my favorite creators who's really big on YouTube. I'm excited for that to come out. We talked just about how fun it is to like rewatch your life, like Mm reread your life. It's like you're on your own reality show. Yeah. And it's funny, like the things that you want, like they don't really, they change and then some things don't change, you know? Yeah, totally. I know what you mean. But speaking of things that brought me a lot of joy, this week's episode is so good. I recorded this a really long time ago, but while we were on our break getting ready for season two, we were kind of like pre-recording a lot of episodes. And today's episode is with one of my very, very best friends, Erica Mattel. We had such a good conversation about post-grad life, her move to Dallas, Texas, the start of her real estate career. We brought up this point Um, a few months ago when we were kind of scheduling out episodes and conversations, but we talk a lot about career paths that are kind of revolved around like social media and entrepreneurship, small business, because that's kind of what we do and what we're interested in. But it really is so fun and insightful to talk with people who have like a different career path, because I know a lot of people listening to this, like not everyone's going to go work in social media or be an influencer or start a business. Like Real estate is such an amazing career path, and I'm really excited we got to kind of talk about something different today. We talk a lot about the path to becoming a real estate agent, if that's something that people are listening and you're kind of interested in. Erica shares a lot about that and her knowledge on kind of the journey. And also things like, you know, how to find a house, how to find a lease, how to find a rental property. Like a lot of people are getting ready to graduate and move and, and live in a new place. And she just gives a lot of tips about like relocating and you know, having leasing agents and just kind of the way that God has shaped her path, how she had to really, you know, lean into her faith in this new chapter of her life. And yeah, like you said, I could not be more proud of her. She's literally taken this by storm. She has become one of the top leasing agents for over a year now at her firm in Dallas, Texas, which is called Rogers Healy. And I just feel like this conversation is so insightful. And no matter what kind of way you're listening to it, I feel like you're definitely going to take a lot from it. We will link all of Erica's information in our show notes today. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And without further ado, it is such an honor to welcome Erica Mattel to Go Call Your Sister. Erica, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. We've been talking about this for a while, and I think this will be a great episode. So excited. Thank you so much for asking me to do this. And I'm really excited about it because I feel like people ask me questions all the time about real estate. And I say the same thing over and over again. But this will be cool to just be able to like, oh, I'll send you the podcast. Exactly. Here's all the questions and you can listen to it and learn a lot. Exactly. And I feel like we talk a lot on here about occupations that involve like social media or um you know what me and Allie do and so I'm excited to have like a new perspective of like a kind of a post-grad journey that isn't like you know working remote or like anything in the social media field so I think this will be good for people to hear yeah and honestly like I feel like post-grad just isn't talked about enough literally world and so it can be really stressful I mean I know we were kind of like oh what are we gonna do literally I know and I totally agree and every time I post like a little question box on Instagram and I'm like what do you guys want to hear about they're like post-grad post-grad I don't know what to do and I'm like 
they yeah. really don't talk about it enough. It's like they put you in school and then they just like send you off like, bye. Right. And I'm like. And it's just, there's like so many different things that you could do post-grad. So it can be so overwhelming and you're like, I don't even know where to start. Like, I'm just going to try this, see how I like it. If that works, then I guess that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Really, it's crazy. Or you can just be like me and like just never know and just bounce around. There's so many Um, things you can do. Literally. So just to kick it off, can you tell us a little bit about your journey, kind of like your college experience, maybe like what you originally thought you wanted to be and then how that transitioned into your real estate career? Yeah. So um, a question I get a lot is how did you go to Ole Miss being from Michigan? It's just so random. Literally. So I'll start with that. Um, I grew up and both my parents went to Michigan State and then my brothers went to Michigan State. And I was like, I don't want to go to Michigan State. I want to do my own thing. And I was never really um, made for the cold or the north. (laughs) So I honestly went on a trip with my mom and we toured a bunch of schools down south and I fell in love with Oxford mainly because of the people um, and just the southern hospitality. Everyone is so genuine, so nice, so friendly, and it just made it really clear that that's where I wanted to do college. Um, I remember when I met you, we were in like the Sigma Chi house for a party, like before we even had rushed or anything. And uh you were like so much fun. And I was like, what made you move here from Michigan? Like the the music was super (laughs) loud. And you're like, I was so tired of being cold. And I was like, that's a mood. (laughs) That's a mood. Yeah. It honestly is like, just, it's not for everyone. And like, I love it in the summer, but it's just it's not for everyone. Yeah. But um, it takes a lot of courage to like it leave does. and go it far, does. far away where you don't really know anyone and go to it school. It does. And I think like at the time, I just, I didn't even like really think too far into it. I just kind of did it. And then it kind of hit me like a couple years in of like, okay, what am I doing here? Like, I love all my friends. I love being here, but like, what is my whole purpose of going to college? What do I want to do with it? Like, what? <laughs> It's just, it kind of hits you and you're like, it, it's all at once. But um, when I went to Ole Miss, I like wasn't really exactly sure what I was passionate about um, and what I really saw for myself in the future. So I actually started out by choosing a major in hospitality. I don't know if you remember that. I remember um, the hospitality that, days. Yes. Um, that's just like what one of my brothers was doing at the time and – I wallowed in that for a little bit and I was still in general electives and stuff. So I wasn't like in the core classes yet. So um, the classes were like, I don't know if you remember my cooking class. The cooking class. Yeah, yes, the cooking class. Um, super fun classes. But when you're in the general electives, you really don't get a taste of like life after college being in that field would be like, I feel mm-hmm. like until you're in the core classes. Um, So I went to Bermuda. Um, Mm, This experience was something. This experience was crazy. So I went to Bermuda my summer after sophomore year, 
And that actually had to do a lot with my testimony and like just finding my identity and really who God has called me to be and what I want to do with my life and like what my life down the road might look like. And it was just like a super transformative experience um, that really allowed me to see the hospitality industry. (laughs) One, was it for me? And two, just learning so much more about my life and like, yeah, but main thing, like it told me this is not for you. Basically, Erica was working at a resort in Bermuda, the country for all summer and she was shoveling seaweed every day. Yes, it was like so not what they told me it would be like. Um, We had this job where we were supposed to be making drinks at the beach and they had a really bad year with seaweed. So instead of making (laughs) drinks at the beach, we ended up shoveling seaweed all day, every day. And I mean, I'm like not that strong and (laughs) it would take me probably two hours to carry the wheelbarrow and dump the seaweed (laughs) off just for it to come around the rocks and back to the beach. (laughs) And yeah, it was literally tough physically and tough mentally, but it taught me a lot. Yeah. It takes doing stuff like that. It's like that exact same summer I was working in Dallas actually at the PR firm and it made me realize I didn't want to be at an office at a PR firm. So like, it's like (laughs) you have to do stuff to either figure out, Oh, this is for me. or like, This is just absolutely not for me at all. Yeah, I think if you're in college right now, really tap into internship opportunities because it'll tell you a lot about (laughs) just if you can do that the rest of your life or if it's just not made for you. So I, I came back to school and I switched my major and I still didn't even know what that was gonna look like. So I chose business marketing because I had already taken a lot of the classes to qualify for that major or to Mm -hmm. um, the credits would transfer and real estate honestly wasn't even on my radar yet I honestly I didn't really even think of it until COVID and like senior year for the most part I've always been passionate about like design and houses and just like ooh ah looking at all that stuff um but I really just didn't even think of it and then you know, I was working for a network marketing company and it really made me realize I loved sales and it mm-hmm. was something I was good at. And I was just yeah. passionate about people and like how many different people I would meet through that with like just people from all different walks of life, um, just people mm-hmm. in general. And I don't know, I feel like I have a personality where I can kind of match it to any person. Like I definitely have my yeah. own personality, but I can really just get along with all types of people. Yeah, Um, definitely. So yeah, I would say people are like one of my passions and that kind of led me into um, even considering real estate in the first place also. Like you have to love people. And basically I remember right when we graduated in May, you started working towards your real estate license, which took like, I want to say what was like two months or so? Oh, it took so long because um, it's 180 hours for Texas, and I started it in January, but I didn't really, like, dive into it fully until May when we were done with school because it was just a lot. Yeah, so you graduated and then kind of started that journey into real estate, and what is kind of crazy and what 
kind of goes in the next question is like, I feel like something that a lot of people struggle with post-grad is not knowing where to move. Like they may know what they sort of want to do, but they have no idea where they want to move. But you always knew like pretty certainly that you wanted to get your Texas real estate license and that you Mm -hmm. wanted your career to be in Dallas. And what made you like so clear on that decision? I know it's so crazy. Um, Well, honestly, like I thought about it a lot during COVID. COVID was such a time of just like silence and reflection and like, okay, well, I have one year left at school. What am I going to do? And honestly, like to think about Dallas and really decide on Dallas was almost would always give us our super long winter breaks, right? Like Mm -hmm. six weeks. Yeah. So I did a lot of reflection and a lot of like thoughts and praying through it. And God honestly just kept drawing me to Dallas. Like, and also he kept drawing me to Dallas, but I also in the back of my mind was thinking like, okay, I need to be in a bigger city to start real estate, which isn't always true, but that's like what I thought I needed to do Mm -hmm. um, selfishly. And so honestly, Dallas just in general, like I, I knew I wanted to stay in the South. So I would think about like Nashville, Atlanta, Austin, Dallas, And my brothers are like obviously in the Carolinas and my parents will be going down there. So there's really nothing in me that made me think to move back up to Michigan. Um, But Dallas just like offers so much. There's so much opportunity, so many young professionals um, across the Metroplex, so many different organizations to be involved in. And it's just really rapidly growing. Um, Yeah. In 2022, it was ranked the fifth fastest growing economy. Um, And they had like 5%, Ah. 4.9% job growth from 2021 to 2022. So, so many people are moving here all the time, nearly like Mm -hmm. 300 people a day. There's lots of headquarters here. Um, And I looked this up when I was preparing for this question and I was like, there are 22 fortune 500 company headquarters here. So it's a hot spot for job relocation. Like so many people are always moving here and just the way it's built, it can really take on um, so much growth, just the way the city's built and the highways. And um, it's a neat spot. I mean, you were here for your uh, internship and you, you liked it, right? I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I like never thought I would live there until I did the internship and I thought it was such a fun place. There's always something going on and I think that something that I love about that kind of story of how you ended up in Dallas is like you really listened to where God was leading you and like even though it was somewhere that like you had obviously never lived or like maybe knew a lot of people but you listened to that voice I feel like it was the same when I went to Hawaii like I was like why are God like why are you calling me here like Mm -hmm. I don't understand and I would tell people like yeah I feel like God's calling me to Hawaii and everyone my mom I remember her saying God's calling everyone to Hawaii (laughs) (laughs) But it's like when it comes down to that post-grad decision of like where to move, it's so important to like tune into like what you're hearing Mm -hmm. and what you're feeling and not just like what you feel like you should do, you know? I agree. And it's like really just praying through it, not just praying about it once, but like consistently praying to God about like, okay, where do you want me? And Mm -hmm. I feel like selfishly, I kind of took it a little bit too into my own hands thinking about in terms of a big city. So 
I, I think he's made it really clear that this is where I'm supposed to be, but I think initially I also took it into my own hands um, when considering like what city I wanted to be in for real estate. And Dallas is just such a hot real estate market that I feel like yeah. my best advice for anyone trying to figure out where you're going to live, if you hear like that like tiny, tiny voice inside your head drawing you towards some place, telling you to move somewhere or just like throwing a job interview in your lap in a specific area of the U.S. Like that's probably God. Like, yeah, he has a plan. He has a good plan. So, yeah, it's always good to listen to that for sure. So like you said in the beginning, I know you get a ton of questions of people wondering about real estate, how they can do it. Um, So for someone interested in real estate, what are the first steps they should consider? Kind of walk us through that process. Yeah. So like we were just talking about, I would say you first need to figure out where you want to put down your roots, where you want to live, because the classes and the real estate test are state specific. So you need to make sure where you want to live before you sign up for the classes and start you know, hammering away because some of the classes can be very lengthy. Like, as you said, I was working on it for a while. Texas is one of the more lengthy classes just because it's such a big state. And it was actually 180 hours um, of classes. Oh my gosh. And you can't really like do all that and then like, you know, move there, establish some clients and then move. So you have to kind of like really consider where you want to be. Right. Right. Cause I mean, you can, but then it's like, okay, if you move somewhere else to real estate, you're just going to be starting from ground one again. Yeah. Um, Or ground level. I don't know. Ground level. First floor. (laughs) First floor. I don't know. Um, So, but I will say with that, a lot of states have reciprocity. Uh, or reciprocity. So Texas doesn't have reciprocity with any other states. But for example, if you got your license in New York, I looked this up, New York, there is reciprocity agreements with Arkansas. It's really random. Arkansas, Colorado, Connecticut, Georgia, Massachusetts, Mississippi, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. So like if you just got your license in New York, you can... um, like apply to get your license in all those other states without having to take the the, uh, classes and tests for all those other states. So if you are looking like, okay, hey, like, I don't know about this state. I don't know about this city. I just, I want to see like, you know, what state could I get my license in that I could also get it in other states without having to take the classes over. There's a lot of states with reciprocity. So that might be something you look into. Uh, because, for example, in New York, they have reciprocity with like 10 other states, which is so crazy. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's good for someone who just doesn't know exactly where they want to be yet, but they yeah. feel like they could live in one of those 10 yeah. states. Or like you, like you're always moving around. So like maybe you would just like genuinely be good at real estate in 10 different states and just bop around <laughs> all these different places. Maybe. Maybe that's ne- my next career path after this yeah. podcast. Seriously. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of confusing. There's a ton of guidelines for how that all works. Yeah, I mean, my best advice, though, would be picking a singular city that you want to start with and becoming an expert on that city in the areas and the people and just kind of how your job works in that city before you even start thinking about other cities or mm-hmm. um, 
states. Yeah. So like a lot of people at my brokerage, they'll work in Austin or Houston too. And that's just something I haven't even considered yet because I'm like, I want to master Dallas first. DFW and yes. whole. But yeah, so after you sign up for the classes, uh, you take those. It can take a really long time. So I would give yourself like if it's depending on how many hours it is, Texas was 180. I would give yourself like at least three or four months if you're doing Texas, just because mm-hmm. you might have another job or you might be in school. So trying to prioritize that along with those other obligations is going to yeah. take a while. Um, and while you're taking your classes, this is so crucial. You want to make sure that you're meeting with brokerages that you could see yourself working at. Um, and also when you're interviewing with these brokerages, make sure you know that you are also interviewing them. So they want you to come work for them. They want you to hang your license there. You ultimately get to choose where you're going to put your license. They want you to come work there because you're also making the broker money. Uh, Mm -hmm. When you bring in or close a sale, the broker takes a cut of that. Uh, But why you want to work for a brokerage starting off, I would say, is the advertising and the marketing materials. And they really help you just get a jump start on all that stuff. So I would say it's definitely a good idea. And honestly, you can't even get your own broker's license until you've had your real estate license for five years. Yeah, definitely start with the brokerage and interview as many as you can just so you can really make an educated decision on where you see yourself. And then after that, you sign up to take your test. And I would give yourself like four to six weeks, honestly, to do this. It could take less, but um, you have to sign up to take your test. You have to get your fingerprints. And then after you pass your test, you have to wait like a week or so to get your license number. Um, And that's assuming that you pass the test on the first time. So I missed the test or missed passing by one question so i had to study all over again and um sign up to take the test again and it's just like a lot of information to cram into your head and memorize in one sitting so it's like i would give yourself some time to do all that yeah definitely um and then you'll start once you pick your brokerage you'll start training with your brokerage and Something I have found super helpful and definitely recommend, you know, once you start real estate, I think it's super important to have goals in place um, to keep you going and work towards. But also, I think it's super important to have like different hobbies and interests outside of real estate, because if real estate is all you care about and all you want to do, you're going to get drained so fast Um, Mm -hmm. and it's just all going to catch up with you because you really don't have anyone telling you what your hours are when you need to work. It's really self-paced and it's awesome if you want to like, if that's all you want to do and you're really passionate about it, but you're definitely going to get so drained and, you know, hit a wall. Yeah. Well, something I think is really cool though, is how you chose your brokerage, which is Rogers Healy. And you went and interviewed at a few different ones. And I always thought it was cool how you did say, you know, I'm working for the brokerage, so I want to have a, you know, say in what's the best fit for me. And how did you really know that Rogers Healy was the best fit for you? So I knew, um, actually, I was interviewing with like all um, 
chain brokerages that I had just heard of, like Keller Williams, Century 21, just because I like knew of those. I didn't even know of Rogers Healy. Um, but one of my friends, Lauren, who actually went to Ole Miss, she helped me a lot when trying to figure out and navigate like what I needed to do to get my license. She sent me Rogers Healy on Instagram and was like, hey, this is who I would work for if I was in Dallas. And I looked at their social media and honestly, right off the bat, I could tell that this is someone I would love to work for just because of the persona and just the vibe and the personality that they gave through their social media, which I think is so important for social media to like really tell so much about yourself personally. Like, yes, keep it professional, but really give off like your interests or your hobbies or like what you're passionate about or like what you do in the day-to-day life because that's stuff that people resonate with. And so like Rogers Healy, his Instagram, um, it's run by their marketing team or social media team. And they do a really phenomenal job with it, just incorporating just different agents or, um, you know, talking videos. And they really give off what their culture is. And so it was some some place I could like immediately see myself. And then I actually got to interview um, with now one of my best friends, Natalie. She, I don't know if you know this, she was who interviewed me because she was on- Oh, really? She was on staff at Rogers Healy. Now she's just a full-time agent, but um, she interviewed me and um, having someone that I connected with and like could relate with was just so key. And I was like, okay, this is it. This is where I need to be. Yeah. I feel like, you know, there are so many brokerages out there. So it's really cool to hear how you like kind of immediately knew where the best fit was for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I feel like that's really helpful for people who are kind of wondering like what general direction to start in. Like they just don't even know where to start. Um, And obviously like you did it so well. So I'm so glad you got to share that because I think that will be really helpful for people who are listening. I hope so. Yeah. So you obviously, like I said, are killing it and you truly love your job and you can just tell that like just through your social media, the way that you talk about it, which is probably why so many people ask you your advice because they, you know, everyone's goal is to love their job. But what are some things that you love most about your job and maybe what are some things that surprise you the most? Yeah. So I would say, um, like I said earlier, I just love uh, meeting all different types of people and seeing how like I can be that light for people and just like what I can learn from people. And, um, you know, a lot of the times, like I might meet someone for a showing and they've just had a really hard day at work. And, um, cause it'll be in the evenings after they get off that we can go see property. And it's just like, okay, being a friend, like, how was your day? How was your week? Like, um, just different things that like, you know, the smallest encounters can really make people's week or make people's day just because we were like, we were built for relationships. So sometimes too, like when someone's been working from home all day or all week and they haven't had any interactions yet, like I get to be that first interaction and like try to make a good impression or just bring positive um, vibes to their day. And so I really love that about it, I would say. And I also really love 
being my own boss and making my own schedule. It's like right now I get to do this. Like I don't have anywhere I need to be till 10. And I scheduled it that way because I wanted to do this with you. And um, I've also just been able to get involved in so many different organizations and just things that I'm passionate about. And I actually just got a Pilates job um, at a studio. So I worked there one morning a week and one evening a week. And I've absolutely loved it. And that's just something I totally recommend because um, if you're thinking about getting into real estate, I recommend just having some sort of side job or just hobby that you do once a week um, because it just gives you that one ounce of normalcy in your life. Um, or even if it's like a club or a small group or um, just a friend you meet with once a day or a workout that you go to, it just really helps you remember like what day it is of the week. Because sometimes when you're working every day uh, or working on the we weekends, your schedule is just like so inconsistent and you literally forget what day it is sometimes. Uh, because with real estate, you're always on, which can get exhausting. But if you have a good structure and um, boundaries for yourself, it's like so key uh, because someone could call you on a Saturday and you need to answer because people are off work and they really, you know, the weekends are good for them to be seeing property or speaking with their realtor because they have time. So it's just like an ongoing thing that if you don't have the other things in place, then it's just, it's going to drain you, honestly. Yeah. Um. And then I really love my team. So I just created a team last January. It's almost been a year now. And it's with Kyle and JD. And I just absolutely love working with them. They are two of the best people. I admire them. I've learned so much from them. And we all just bring different things to the table. So I think like when thinking about joining real estate, I think considering grouping up with like-minded individuals because if you want to go on vacation or if you want to, you know, get away, like, like I said, real estate's an ongoing thing. So getting away is almost impossible if you don't have someone else there looking over your business while you're gone. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something I think is very beneficial. And I think this is like maybe going to surprise people, but maybe not. It surprised me. Real estate is just like so not glamorous. It is mm -hmm. so not... It is so not like selling sunset. It is yeah. selling sunset is so unrealistic. Like it is just like total 360 from that. Um, oh my gosh. And that's what people probably see and like want to get into. It's like it's like what my dad always says, being a doctor is nothing like Grey's Anatomy. It's like you see yes. these shows and people are like, I want to do that. Yes. So it's like if you're wanting to do that, that's fine. But know that that's probably not um i mean maybe you go work for the oppenheim group in um in california and then see if you can maybe obtain yeah but um yeah it's just like it's you work with a lot of people that you go you know you might not what am i trying to say like you might not get along with and long tr transactions that aren't working out and um you know waking up super exhausted or going to bed super late or 
not yeah. looking the part always because you're so tired. So like <laughs> I, when I first started, I would wear heels all the time. So I was like, this is what they wear on Selling Sunset. And then I finally started getting blisters and my feet would hurt and my clients would show up very casual. And I feel like I was overdressed. So I think like taking it down a notch for me worked because it's like I'm more relatable <laughs> and they're more comfortable. Yeah, um, exactly. So I think that no. surprised me for sure. And then yeah. also like, like all things in life, you need to be patient and good things take time. And if you're mm -hmm. not where you want to be right away, that's okay. Like don't stay focused on that. Stay focused on what you're doing, um, you know, that you're doing things right and you have the right mindset, the right morals, and um, you're just – you know, being a good person through it because there's a lot of shady people in real estate yeah, and who aren't going to do the right thing. So I think just being patient with it and always, you know, having integrity and staying true to yourself because there are a lot of things you can do in real estate to just slide through the cracks or make the deal close or um, do something that's not necessarily ethical, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess real estate isn't for someone who loves like immediate gratification because it's going to oh, take a hot minute not. sometimes. It's, it's going to take a hot minute. Yeah. But it's worth it. And that is a good tip. Like, you know, also just getting kind of a side job, like while you're starting out too, just so you can like start, you know, making some money, have other hobbies. But I also feel like it is the most important thing to just be ethical and do things right. Because, you know, people really will hear about you a lot of the time through like word of mouth and for people to say like, oh, Erica was so, you know, patient. She checked every single thing. She didn't speed us along. You know, that's how you probably get more clients is just doing things the right way. Yeah. And like referrals mean a lot in this business. So mm -hmm. like if you're helping someone, make sure you're doing it in a way where like they're going to want to refer you after they're done working with you and they're not like, you know, upset with you or they're not. And even if they are, that's okay. But you knew you did the right thing and you did what you could. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a crazy business sometimes. And yeah. definitely recommend the side job too in the, in the beginning, because um, you're really not going to make your first paycheck for a while. Mm -hmm. I don't think I made my first paycheck for like four months. And I had saved up money that I was like living off of, but I would recommend a side job because you need to have money to invest in your business. Like mm -hmm. as far as buying business cards or marketing yourself or um, buying your open house signs or sending out flyers or mailers, like whatever marketing looks like for you. For me, it's a lot of social media. Like I've really learn to use Instagram as a tool. I want to learn how to use TikTok this year, but um, definitely have got Instagram down. And yeah, it's and your Instagram is so good. Like, I love your reels. I feel like I'm on the house tours with you. And one oh. thing that I remember was kind of a big topic when you're starting out was like, do I start a new Instagram for my real estate yes. or do I keep my same one? And you ended up keeping your Per, you turned your personal page into your real estate page. Yes, which I, I highly, highly, highly recommend. That's a good thing you brought up. I definitely yeah. recommend turning your 
own page into your real estate Instagram and just meshing the two because people get a taste of like what your personality is like, mm-hmm. you know, what your hobbies and interests are. And then that way they kind of feel more comfortable reaching out if they need help. Um, Definitely. Which I guess kind of leads us into our next question. If yeah. you're looking for help. Yeah. Um, the next question that we have is kind of on the flip side of real estate for anyone who's looking to relocate. Maybe it's they're just graduating or they want to move to a new city. What's your advice on, you know, as a realtor of what steps they should take to find housing? Yeah. And I guess you're kind of going through this right now. How'd you yeah, find I'm, your uh, realtor? Yeah, I'm working with a realtor in San Diego right now. And I started working with her just because I remember how many people you helped find leases and rentals. And um, I literally just went on Instagram and I typed in San Diego realtor. And I looked at all of the pages and I did the same thing. I kind of looked to see like, okay, who's kind of normal? Who reminds me of like me? Who reminds me of Erica? And I found this girl named Kelly Cobb and she's so cool. Um, I think she's a little bit older than us, but she is literally amazing. And I loved her page because she kind of merges like her personal life and real real estate into one. And I was like, okay, you know, I can relate to this girl. She likes to watch football and she finds great houses. So like, that's how I found her. And she has been like a game changer in my mood. I love that. Um, Yeah. And totally use a realtor for all and any leases because it's a free service. Um, If you're looking for an apartment, it's the apartment complex that pays the realtor or sometimes they call it apartment locator, or if you're looking for like a house or a residential lease, um, that also usually comes from the landlord. So it's like a free service to you. At least it is in Texas. I don't know. Is mm-hmm. it free for you? Yeah, I think it's free. I think she gets yeah. a commission from the lease if we do from an apartment. The landlord. But yeah, or from the yeah. landlord if we do a house. So And I know that she's not even making like a huge percentage off of this because it is a rental and she mostly does, you know, um, selling houses, but she's been so amazing. Like we'll drop anything to text us. Like I'll text her in the middle of the night and she like responds like she's literally the best. So good. Um, Yeah, I would say like anyone looking to relocate or move to a new city. So I would find a realtor or an apartment locator, whatever they're um, branding themselves as they both of them can help with leases and um I would reach out like 90 eh, I would say like 120 120 days before your move um but also with the mindset of like hey they might not be able to help me until closer to the move because as far as Dallas um if you're looking for a house or like what we would call a residential lease or a townhome um, just, it's basically a lease where you're going to have a landlord. Those are more of like a quicker process. So like right now I'm helping people who are trying to move February 15th and they like still have some time to look because if the house is vacant, the landlord is going to expect you to move in ASAP or start paying ASAP. Um, so you're going to want to like not leave a ton of time in between that, but also you can always get connected with the realtor so you can start getting your feet wet. That's never a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're looking for an apartment, I would say you reach out at the 90 day mark, uh, 90 days before you're looking to move, because that's when we start getting availability since tenants that are currently living there have to put in their notice and they do that anywhere from 60 to 90 days out. So I would do like 90 days out and kind of like, you did. I would just search it on Instagram. 
uh, Instagram's just literally such a good tool. Like search where you're moving and put realtor or apartment locator, whatever you want to type in. Um, and then just DM them. Like, don't feel weird about yeah, it. I love when people message me and they're like, slide in the DM. Hey, like, yes, yeah, slide into the DMs. Like, hey, do you need help? I get so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. Like, what's your number? I'll reach out. Like, I would love to help. Like, just don't get nervous about it. Just know that they're going to really appreciate it and they would love to help you. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. And I don't know. I think it's just, I, that with the housing, you know, quick turnaround situation, I'm feeling that right now because we like, ideally I would love to have a house secured like months in advance, but it really is like, you know, they, they pop up and they're available and then they're like filled. And so you have like a really small window. So maybe not to get freaked out if like you're moving, your move is coming up, but you might not have a yes. place yet because you can change that in like a day. So having to remember that right now. Definitely. Um, like, yes. Amen. Yeah. It's so funny too, because the other day I was at Oxford Floral and I saw um, someone who's a senior and she was talking about how she's going to move to Dallas. And she was like, yeah, all my friends are, you know, starting to think about where we're going to move. We're thinking about moving to Dallas. And I was like, oh yeah, you guys should all call, like contact Erica. She was, oh yeah, we are. Like, we're definitely going to text her <laughs> for meeting leases. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. I love that. It's so cute. Um, I love that. So the last question that we have, and I feel like it's a question that you're going to be great at because you always have such wise, you know, quotes and affirmations, but is there a mantra quote or affirmation that you're currently living by right now? Yes. I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Um, Yes. I I love these kind of things. Um, But so ever since the start of my career and when I first started real estate, my mantra has always been work like it's up to me and pray like it's up to him. And for me, there's just so much power behind that because um, it's like, okay, I can do what I can do and, you know, put in the work, put in the time, put in the effort um, and just try my best. And that's literally all I can do. And then I can leave the rest up to God because if it's according to his will, he's going to fulfill it and it's going to be on his own time. And so I just think there's so much power behind that. And I really love it because it kind of gives like me a sense of peace that like I'm doing what I can do and the rest is like not in my control. And so I love that saying so, so much. And I've been saying that for like almost two years now. I just, I love it. And then of course, ever since going to Bermuda, that was like a super transformative time in my life. Traumatic um, transform. Yes. So, so crazy. And ever since that, this verse that I've held super close is it's Matthew 6, through 34. And it says, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough troubles of its own. And I just love that so, so much because it's like, hey, like I've given you enough grace and enough wisdom for today and today only. And tomorrow is not for you to worry about. Like I've already got it covered. It's a part of my plan. Like I've already had it built, mapped out, whatever you want to say. But it's like, that's not anything for you to try to control. And something I also want to add that I've been thinking about a lot recently is like, 
making God-sized goals instead of, like, just goals that are, like, you know, like, I hope to sell a house, (laughs) like, just, like, something super simple. Like, you want them to be, like, goals so huge that they almost scare you. And also just staying, like, attached to, like, what that goal that you have on your heart is and not shying away from it, um, even if you're not seeing any results or even if you're in a waiting season. And like I kind of just said, knowing that, like, if you don't even achieve your goals, that's okay. Because if it is something in God's will for you, then, like, you will achieve it. But it's going to be on his own time and he will provide but it's always going to be on his own time and his timing is perfect. And it's just nothing that you expect and nothing that you can plan for. So just, you know, keep your head up and just keep trying your best. And yeah, those are like really two things I hold close. And I think having a why um, is like crucial to your career or your life or just your job or anything in life, like having a reason of why you're doing what you're doing to like, keep you motivated and keep you um, getting up every morning and staying excited about what you're doing, you know? Absolutely. I've been also referring to that verse a lot lately of just like, you know, worrying about tomorrow. And I feel like we get so focused on trying to control, you know, all the aspects and all the details, but just the reminder that like God's timing is always perfect and it might not be what we ideally think in our heads, but at the end of the day, it's like exactly what we need. And just to be able to trust in that is so powerful. And, and to be able to trust that like you've done everything in your power, you've done your best and you just don't have to worry about the rest. Like the rest is already taken care of. Yeah. That's so crazy. You keep saying the word trust. That's the word I picked for 2023. Really? Trust. That was Allie's yeah. word. I, that's actually Allie's word of this year. I oh think. Oh my gosh. Too. I love yeah, that. She picked that word. What and, is your um, word? I, we talked about this like in a few couple podcasts ago, and I think that my my word of this year is just like chill, like being I love calm it. because, I love you know, it. I'm in this season of like, you know, getting ready to move. I want to be more like settled. I want to be calm. I want to be like in a book club like you. I want to do all these things <laughs> that are like calm and like, in the last two years have been kind of hectic. And that's just what I've been praying over my life lately is like, God, like, you know, where I need to be, like, you know, what I need to do. Just let me be chill and let, let you handle yeah. it. Cause you know, I'm not someone who can like sit in the back seat very easily. So I'm working on being more chill. Well, I think that's awesome. And I think like being in a place stationary and like having your own place, like home base and like yeah. getting to design. I know you're so excited. Literally. About oh my god! I think that's going to bring a lot of like peace to your life. Just knowing that like you get to stay put for a little bit until you decide your next place or you might stay where you're at. Literally. It's the rest of your life. It's fun to think about like kind of in the spirit of real estate, like having roots and like kind of grounding down and like, you know, in college you like kind of, you make make all your friends, but you know that it's like temporary because you know that you're going to move eventually. But like being an adult is fun. You get to like do all these like adult extracurricular activities. You get to like join clubs. You get to meet, like get involved in a church. Like I'm excited for that stuff. Yeah. I think like obviously college was amazing and like, we'll be friends with our friends from college forever. But I will say like college 
it seems like when you're in college, it's the highlight of life. But I've had so much fun post-grad and post-college that, like, I think every season of life is, like, so amazing if you can just, like, live it to the fullest and, like, live out the potential that God has for that season of your life. And there is a season for everything. So, like, even when you're saying, like, hey, like, I am in this season of – well, before this, you're like, where am I going to move? Where, like, where is he – placing me and it's like just learning to stay calm and like grounded and enjoying that season and like one of the new year's resolutions I had for this year was to be present like just Mm -hmm. like be present in every single season and not be like jumping to oh what's next or like oh like you know I can't wait for this trip or I can't wait to see this person it's like just enjoying where you're at who you're with and like what is going on in your life currently literally And for anyone who's listening to this who, like, may be going through kind of, like, you're about to be in post-grad or you're going to embark on a new change or you're not sure what you want to do or you're feeling really lost, like, let that be a good reminder to you that, like, you know, the season that you're in right now, you're never going to get it back. And while it's good to plan ahead and, you know, think about what you want to do, like, also just take the time to know, like, you know, you're okay. Like, take a breath. Mm -hmm. Everything's working out for you already. And just being present so I love that Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that with us that was awesome thank you for having me this is so fun I know I'm so glad you got to come on I feel like it's like it's so fun when I get to have friends on the podcast because it's like not only are we you know doing an episode but it's also like we get to catch up and I get to hear about like things that they're passionate about and I just love it so thank you so much for coming also, I wish y'all could just see our videos. I feel it because we're on a uh, video call too right now. We've literally just been like smiling at each other. Literally. Like, oh, <laughs> hour, and we're just like, hee-hee. We're like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like big smiles. Like I'm pretty sure my cheeks hurt because I've been smiling for an hour now. Literally. Oh my God, that's so, so funny. funny.